Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Rotation. Listen, two weeks in a row, two hosts. We are literally rotating over here, baby. <laughs> I am Ashley, a.k.a. Midnight, joined by Icon. What's good, Icon? What's going on? I'm excited to be back. I was just talking to producer Shannon. Shout out, producer Shannon. But we were talking before the show started. It feels like it's been like forever, like three or four weeks since I've gotten to talk cow. We did that one podcast, but the last major, I was on vacation. So finally, hopefully we're back, get to talk some Call of Duty and perfect timing right before champs here. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's good. It just, it feels like a weird break. Like the CDL schedule this year has been pretty aggressive, I'd say, especially compared to last year. Like last year, you'd have two, three, sometimes four week breaks between your team playing, which kind of like, had had more of the like more weight to the matches a little bit of like oh like you, you have to wait this long to see so and so play so and so now the, the teams are playing so often but with that being said now there's been like a longer break you know i think because of the fourth of july weekend they pushed um the new york subliners home series which is this upcoming weekend and there was like a two-week break instead of a one-week break between stages so yeah and then plus like you said like you were on wait you were on vacation last week yeah you were yep. on or no something with your internet i can't remember you were everywhere <laughs> but, but on the rotation so it's great to have you back and we miss kingdom kingdom couldn't make it today but he will be back next week i'm assuming i forget what he had to do but he had some very important business which is crazy because this podcast is very important business so you know it was important if he had something else going on so shout out kingdom <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to talk cod today though i mean it is it's a it's a rough time of the season right but that don't mean the rotation stops man there's still so much going on there's a lot i mean obviously stage five is about to start this week but you know you kind of you have a lot of like external discussions going on you've got players slinging mud back and forth on twitter all day it must just be that time of year everyone's bored and talking shit yep. And then you've got, you've got, you know, a big broader discussion right now going on about CDL pro burnout and stuff like that. So we'll definitely get to that. Um, but I just wanted, I guess, like check in with you, Icon, like during this break between stage four and five, I know a lot of the teams were taking a break, so I'm not sure there's been a lot of like development and we you know whether it's rosters or scrims, but I just wanted to know, like, how do you view the CDL landscape and the landscape like going into stage five, like what are you most looking forward to? And, and is it, if there's anything you've noticed recently? Yeah, I think if you looked at where we're at overall, normally going into the last major, this is when you'd start to think like, okay, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Like you really have to perform in this stage five and throughout the stage five major or else you're not going to make champs. And I think part of this little bit of a lull that we're in right here is simply because like the top eight teams are kind of already decided. Like if there were say like the seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, like if those four squads were all like 10 or 20 points apart, I feel like like the news and the storylines and what you're talking about heading into this major would be so much different. But if you look at standings, how it is right now, the eighth place seed, which is Florida, is at 170 and the ninth place seed LAG is at 100. So if they've only gotten 100 points throughout four stages, probably not going to make up 70 points in a matter of one stage. 
and able to get into champs. So I think that's part of it. Like if you're looking for storylines, the only real storylines is like what's going to happen with six, seven and eight right now. If you're Minnesota, I think that we feel pretty comfortable having a 20 point lead. Now, with that said, our group is pretty tough. I'm sure we could talk about that and whatnot. And then the other storyline would be uh, Dallas, Toronto, and New York. Those three squads that are in two, three, and four, all of those squads are separated by five points. So that's probably where you're going to get the most shuffling. So I just think overall, like there's a lot of news going down, like with, with rosters and back and forth and how some of those roster changes are, are panning out. Like I just heard recently that LAG is not really playing great as of late. Same with LA thieves. Like both of those squads seem to be struggling despite the roster moves that they've made. LA thieves bringing back John and then mental being subbed in for LAG. But again, that's like really all there is to go off of at this point in time. I just feel like in a normal season, this would be the time when, all right, let's buckle down. Let's really try to focus on like what's going to happen in that eighth spot, like going into the last stage of a, or the last week of a stage that would be super important for where people are going to place. But right now it's just like, all right, let's get through this stage five and see where everybody falls, at least the top eight teams where they're at for champs. And let's see what those matchups look like. So not a ton to talk about right now. It's just how are kind of like that two, three, four, and then six, seven, eight. How are those squads going to end up shaking out? And then let's get ready for champs. Yeah, it would honestly be really crazy if like the battle for two, three, four right now and how close those points and positionings are on the standings. Imagine if that was applied to like seven, eight, nine, and you had truly like a fight to get into the the quote unquote postseason. Yeah. I think the discrepancy in points between eight and nine and then 10 and 11, obviously, and 12, that just makes me wonder even more how people were saying all 12 teams should be a champs. I will not bring up this argument again <laughs> because we all know how I feel, but I was just literally flabbergasted at the amount of people who were like, all 12 teams at champs, come on, like the good old times. Like, no, baby, this is a league. You, you want to upset at champs, you better earn that right. I think top eight teams out of 12 is totally fair. So anyway, yeah, I mean, looking at it, I am a delusional purple Kool-Aid drinker, okay? I think that... Chicago Optic could go on a skid and then Rocker gets <laughs> hot, you know? And then Possible. all of a sudden, you're clawing back into this thing. Dude, okay, I don't have any inside knowledge. I've actually purposefully not asked Jake and Saint about this because I would be too tempted to talk about it on the podcast. But I was wondering, I know a lot of teams aren't streaming their scrims, but there's talk right now uh, based, I think it's, I don't know if it's like, just pros like hearsay talking about it on Twitter, but the big thing that's allegedly, I'm not confirming this, I do work <laughs> for Rocker, but I do not know. Allegedly, Priesta and Attach have swapped roles. So obviously Attach, the second sub next to Standy, uh, you know, uh, Priesta started the, the year as a sub, moved into Major Maniac slot, Major Maniac moved into Accuracy slot, Priesta, it's been a rotating musical chairs of roles. And now it's it appears or it sounds like based on the Twitter feed that Attach is running an AR more often than not and Priest is running a sub more often than not. So like, do you think that that helps this team? Icon? Like, does that raise the Minnesota rocker ceiling, the roof, if you will? Or is it just, it's a lateral move? I'd love to know your thoughts. This is super tough. Because when I heard this, 
I wasn't quite sure what to think. What I will say is that when Minnesota brought in Standy, I feel like obviously that gave them the jump that they needed to be like somewhere in the middle of the pack. But I think what we've seen since then is that obviously our floor is higher, right? We're, we're beating all of those squads that we should be beating the LAGs, the Paris, the like those squads, when it comes to group play, we're handling those squads that are in the bottom of the group. But where we're struggling is contending with those teams that are in the spots above us in the group. So like right now we have Dallas and we have Toronto above us. We're kind of right there with Florida, right in the middle of our group and then LAG and Seattle's in the bottom. So when we're looking at this overall, it seems like if we want to make winners, then we'll beat LAG, Seattle, Florida, and you know, we'll make our way into winners bracket. And that's kind of what we've seen throughout a couple stages so far this year. Problem is that sure, if we want to make winners, most of the time we're taking care of those squads that we need to beat, but we haven't been able to, as of late, beat those squads that are above us, like the Dallas's, the Atlanta's, the optics of the world. So if you're sitting there, you're already in a spot where you're basically the sixth seed, right? I mean, unless you go like 0 and 5 in the group and get first rounded, then maybe things could switch up a little bit, but at worst case scenario, you're going to be at champs. So maybe this is a point in time where in the stage you could say attach. I think we could say throughout like the first two or three stages was probably the most consistent player. I mean, match in, match out, stage in, stage out. He was just playing super consistent, just doing what attach has done throughout his entire career. And then I think as of late, we've gotten such a boost from standy that I think attaches production has has settled just a tiny bit. And in that in those points and times, we've also seen Priest to kind of take off. Like Priest has been playing super well the last stage or so. So I don't know. Like normally you would think back, okay, well, if Attach is going to run an AR, let's look bad at, back at a time period where he ran an AR and let's see how he did. But that just doesn't exist. Like he's never <laughs> done it. Like there's nothing to look back and be like, okay, yeah, back in Black Ops 3, when he was here, he did fairly well. Like he just hasn't done it. So when you're looking at this overall, the only thing that I can think about is the fact that obviously our ceiling is higher than it was bef before and the floor was higher also. But I just feel like this is an opportunity where Priest has been playing super well. Maybe if you put him alongside Standy and you let it attach just kind of roam the, the map with Major Maniac. Maybe that could be a recipe for success. Again, we know where the floor is at. Let's try to see where the ceiling's at. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great point. At first, this really worried me, right, because of the points you mentioned. Attach had a really, really solid start to the year. I think he was the best player on the team. Standy comes on, and then Standy brings a whole new set of pacing to the team. Um, obviously, you had Major Maniac coming back, which I think kind of improved that amalgamation of like hey you're not always just going to have an ar turret sitting somewhere on the map and everyone can guess where where they're at i think that versatility means a lot i do worry like the only time we see attach run an assault rifle in the past is you know for certain hills or certain breaks or certain like rotations on a map and you know we've watched him use the krig more and more lately 
And every time we do during the coaching, we're like, Tatch is laughing a Craig out. What the heck? So and he's like, beaming. <laughs> he's beaming, right? So like maybe it's a comfortability thing, but it does worry me that like Attach had such a really solid start to the to the year. And then I don't want to say he regressed, but there's that consistency wasn't there anymore. He seems to be having a tougher time. So like I welcome a change for Dylan or Attach to like, you know, get in his groove a little bit. You know, to be to be honest, Priesta, I think, has looked really good on the AR. But I also think that Priesta is such like he's a legitimate flex player. We'll find out if Attach is a legitimate flex player. I think we're about to find out. But Priesta is a legitimate flex. Yes, he struggled at the beginning of the year on the sub, but he didn't have Standy by his side. With a cracked Standy helping him out, going in the hills together, I'm actually really looking forward to that. So, yeah. yes, it makes me nervous because change is scary, but <laughs> this could end up raising the roof a little bit of raising the ceiling, as you said. So, I'm excited to see how it shapes out. And honestly, it just gives us a little bit of entertainment going into stage five here. Cause yeah, like you said, it's a little dry, man. Like the, the top eights decided, you know, right now what I think stage five is about the most other than fans being back on land. That's so lit. We're going to talk about that. But like, I think right now, especially for rocker and other teams in CDL, of course, going into champs, like let's benchmark this. Like it's the end of the year. Everyone knows how to play the game. Can you execute? How can you get a leg up over your opponent? And what does that look like? Yep. I do think too, like uh, just, just real quick, um, I wanted to finish it by saying this switch with roles, I think it may have something to do with pacing. I mean, this is the first complaint we saw from a lot of fans and, and people on the timeline when this team formed was, oh, they're, they're going to be so slow, like pacing's going to be bad. And unfortunately, that kind of ended up being true. And so I'm wondering now with Major Maniac playing a little more elusively as an AR, you got Priest, I mean, he's we've watched him beam with a sub and AR, a freaking sword, I'm sure, if he needed to, he could beam with that. And now we're going to see Attach maybe playing a little bit. We're going to have two, like, faster ARs really now, which I think is where the league's going. So, anyway, my, that's my rant. I think it's going to be really interesting to see, and we're going to benchmark this weekend and really, really find out. But uh, what, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, the only other difference here is like when you think back to when priest ran an smg earlier in the year he was trying to be that like entry smg and that really mm -hmm. isn't the spot for him like attach was being you know more of like the slower smg like playing map control stuff like that and since standy is now in that position where like you have an abizi you have an envoy you have the shotzi right like that's what that's the role that standy's fulfilling so when priesta switches to an smg he doesn't have to fill that role anymore and that's a role that he really wasn't comfortable in like you would see him enter hills and then like once you get a squad wipe or whatever he wouldn't push forward and try to apply pressure and i think the change here i don't even really think it's going to make that big of a difference now that you kind of think about where everybody's at and the roles that they'll be playing just because if you put a 74u or you put a craig like back and forth like a lot like in a lot of situations attach and priesta are doing the same thing and, and and they're playing the map the same way it's just like before when priesta was trying to play like standy that's not something that he was comfortable doing and now with this switch he doesn't have to play that role it's more of just like a support smg instead of trying to be that entry route man smg yeah, and I mean, I think the Sandy does a really good job in that role. And so hopefully, like, I mean, I thought Attach complimented Standy really well. But, you know, as of late, it looked like there was some sort of, I'm not sure what the change was or what the difference was. Or maybe there's some game update that just made the 
the old workings of the team a little tougher, but I'll be excited to see, you know, Priesta and Sandy, the new sub duo for Minnesota Rocker. Let's freaking go. I guess, I mean, we obsess a lot about roles and stuff in CDL and on teams. And this year, more than any other year that I've ever witnessed competitive Call of Duty, weird hipster flex. I've been watching competitive costs since 2011. That's 10 <laughs> years. If you're 10 years old right now watching this, first of all, where are your parents? Second of all, <laughs> I've been watching competitive COD longer than you've been alive, all right? So I haven't seen this much, like, like usually the roles are pretty sticky, right? Like, and you do still have that, right? You have Clayster, he's the Meteor, Octane, Meteor, Crimson, like, but you, there is, there's ways to evolve it, and then we're seeing that right now with, with the game and, and kind of how it's going. So I'm excited to see, um, you know what else I'm excited to see? Fans back on lands. Let's go. Let's Stage go. five majors today got announced um, from CDL that there will be fans at the venue. Let me read the statement here. Santa Monica, July 6, 2021. Super <laughs> official graphic. They even got the site on the graphic. The following statement was released today by the Call of Duty League through its event team in response to questions about fans being in attendance during the upcoming Call of Duty League Major 5 event at Eastboard Stadium, Arlington, from July 20th, 29th through August 1st. Here's the statement. Are you guys ready? <clears throat> we back. We back, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Not only is Lamb back, which we were very excited about for stage four, Simba's back, my cat's back, for those of you watching our video, and fans are going to be back in the venue, and it's going to be at the same venue that they just had stage four majors at, which is pretty awesome. I've been there. It's huge. It's made for events like this, and I'm super stoked to really kind of see, like, who turns up, right? Like, are there are there any rocker fans in Texas? Are there any rocker fans that are gonna go to Texas for this? I I wanna go. I don't know if I'll go. <laughs> I might be doing like we have we're having some really cool like events here in Minnesota that are around our matches and what's happening. So there's ways if you can't go to Esports Stadium in Arlington, Texas, if you can't go to the land, we're gonna be doing some really cool homegrown events here. But I'm just super excited, like as a person who hates being in a really crowded room, I love this. Like, I miss this. <laughs> like, you know it's bad if I'm wishing that there's a bunch of people in one room screaming. I just can't wait for that energy to be back. I think it feeds a lot into the players. Yeah, for sure. I definitely see that part of it. Now, I do think that with, like, a more franchised league, I was really excited to see all these guys play back on LAN in the last major. And I feel like what we found out is that it really didn't matter all that much. Like the teams that had been playing really well played really well. Like other than Dallas, like Dallas was struggling before stage four. They made the roster move to bring in Vivid. And then all of a sudden they just took off in the stage four major and they almost won it going to map nine against Atlanta. But other than that, a lot of what we saw was kind of what we expected like atlanta played really well of course with Asim and nysl obviously they kind of had a a rough time of it being that Asim couldn't be there but now everything's all settled out with them but with the incoming of land i just i i expected like optic to play better i expected some of the rookies to maybe not have such good performances like they did in the first three majors and we really didn't get any of that. In fact, Standy absolutely went off. Like Standy played like an absolute beast for Minnesota. So, yeah, I think now the only other part of that is that now once you reintroduce fans, 
obviously there's probably going to be a ton of optic fans. So does that add another layer where you start to see the, you know, the chance and, and that probably energizes scump and formal. And that does probably add us like a, a deeper layer to it. But I just, I was a little bit surprised with the stage four land. I just figured that things would be different. Some of these vets would come out and, and play much better. We did see that with Krim and Dallas. But really what we saw was just the teams that were playing well before continued to play how they were playing and not too much changed. It was just, it was surprising to see overall. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting point because there's, I mean, it, it, I do, just to preface this, I do think land is by far the preferred competitive like situation i can't think of the word right now but <laughs> competitive situation yeah. i think that's that's where you're gonna find the true test of skills but a lot has been and i'm even guilty of this in the past and our team last year you know had such success on land and then just online rolled around and oh man what a struggle but you're absolutely right i think other than maybe like seattle finally like you know when they're close to winning they actually did win on land right and then you see like, but you, then you see the other teams that they're just, you know, they're so consistently doing the same things, right? Like yep. Rocker looked, I mean, granted really good against NYSL without a seam, but like, you know, they brought it, right? But you expect that on online play as well. And I think too, like, especially from last year to this year, I guess is like all of the, or I shouldn't say all of, a lot of the CDL teams did localize down in Dallas, Texas um, for like a ping and, server and internet advantages right so i think like this is the most consistent online that we could have had this year and now the fact that lands are back lit i don't think there's going to be a massive change i do wonder like there's so much made of like you know how are the rookies going to play on land like i think some people were really looking at standy and how he was going to play i was obviously i believed in the kid i thought he's got no problem and he didn't right but how are people going to play now when there's a crowd when every time scum gets a two-piece there's an eruption and i mean it's crazy too because it's like you know optic is technically the away team but they're still i think gonna have you know the most fan presence at the event especially now because they are literally based in dallas um so this is a big event for them i think it's a big event for everybody though i think fans being back in the seats is amazing i'm ready for the hype nothing beats when there's like a crazy search and destroy clutch or a crazy hard point comeback the eruption, the energy from the crowd, it's nuts. I'm so stoked for them to be back. So I don't know, definitely like, I don't want to assume, and this is not me, you know, Minnesota rocker saying this, but I have to assume that if they're having fans for stage five land, I have to assume that champs, I'm going to, I don't mm. know. All right. Or maybe I do know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what they're going to do, <laughs> but I would assume if stage five has fans, then champs will too. And I think that is by far like the most important event to have fans out i think that's going to be really exciting so yeah a thousand Ooh, percent i think it, it definitely alters you know what happens throughout the course of the stage five major and at champs unfortunately now again man i don't know i go back and forth in my mind how i feel about having those those bottom four teams at champs just because in a normal year i get it if everything was played on land all the matches everything was played on land then Obviously, if there's this big of a discrepancy, then those teams weren't good enough. But the fact that everything was online and it's tough to get fully pumped up for those matches and whatnot, I don't know. It would be interesting to see 
with fans in the stands, like what happens with some of those bottom four squads? Because obviously those bottom four squads, like you look at Seattle, obviously they're veteran laden. They've played in that environment before. So they'll still have a chance to show it at the stage five major with fans and whatnot. But I do think that having stands there could have potentially altered the course of how some of these teams might finish. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'll fight you on it. I don't <laughs> think. I mean, we did just say the results were pretty much the same. Yeah. I, I mean, I do agree though with online. Like that is, I mean, it's not the most consistent way to get your top eight. I could agree there. But also, you gotta. Earn, I mean, everybody's in the same situation. You don't think Phase was like, screw it, dude. Who cares? Yeah. Like, bro, <laughs> they don't even have to be winning these matches, and they still are. Like. Online and land, there's no, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I think I do want to see, I don't know what this, what the whole format for champs is going to be. I don't know what the format next year is going to be. So I'll be interested to know that. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm, I'm super stoked going into the conclusion of last, this last, I mean, yeah, this whole season, bro, it's been kind of lit. I don't, I almost like don't want it to end, but I know like I'm just so hyped for like the, the culmination of this whole deal that I'm, I'm really excited. So. Um, one topic that I, I wanted to make sure we touched on, I think we've talked about it a little bit before, but like CDL player burnout is a very big conversation going on right now. You see a ton of players and coaches in the league talking about, you know, hey, you got to make sure you don't burn yourself out. I mean, Coach Brian Saint's always been a very big proponent of this. Like, I don't, I don't want to read his Twitter or his tweet verbatim, but he basically was like, you know, this over practicing and, and over grinding you know could lead you having a shorter career could lead to injury like you you got to make sure that you're working smarter and not harder basically which i definitely agree with um but i just i wanted to like i guess maybe just pick your brain on it a little bit because you have the the amateur side of things and i don't know like i'm not an amateur player i don't really know like like are they playing 14 hours a day to make sure they're winning the challengers cups I don't know. <laughs> I have noticed, as you know, pointing back to, to earlier, I have been watching competitive Call of Duty for, for 10 years and following the scene really closely. I do know that there's been a lot made previously of, well, if you don't freaking grind, you're not going to win. And like, I get it. Like, that's a whole, like, I mean, the grinder mentality is not exclusive to Call of Duty, right? But it's been noticeable in years past with a team that maybe it's a combination of grinding and then also just being really smart about what they're doing has led to good results. And so I think a lot of teams and players see that and they're like, yo, I'm going to outgrind the next guy. I'm playing eights. I'm playing not wagers. I'm playing, you know, I'm scrimming eight hours or six hours a day. I'm going nuts. I'm watching film. I'm cracked. I go to bed at three. I wake up at seven. Let's freaking go, baby. I'm going to champs. Right. But there's, that's not sustainable. I think we could all we all know that, right? And so maybe this this attitude from going like to to its grind season all the time to, hey, I'm trying to like do this for longer than a year or two. Um, so I guess I'd love to know your thoughts, Icon. I mean, I just kind of said like my like what I've noticed in the scene through the years. Obviously, I'm not a professional player. Who knows? Maybe I could have been. <laughs> but like, so I've never like experienced that. But just from your your experience following the scene and seeing what players are saying about this, I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a couple of things that go into this. One, I feel like when there used to be MLG events, you know, every three or four weeks, 
players had the opportunity for a week long or whatever to fly to Anaheim and play there. So that was obviously like a break in their schedule. And then they would go to MLG Miami and then they would fly to Miami and then they'd go to Columbus. And then so sure, they were grinding just as much. But when it came time for events, they weren't just doing the same thing that they were doing the three weeks before that they had, even though, sure, we're going to fly here. We're going to fly there. We're still going to grind. We're going to get on land. We're going to grind before our matches or whatever. But you just had that opportunity to, to, to switch up the scenery and just, it just felt like there was a break in the monotony of what you were doing every day. And I feel like with the last year and everything being online, like, okay, we're going to scrim for 10 hours a day or eight hours a day or whatever. And then now when it's time to get a break from that and play in our actual competitions in these majors, well, now we have to just go do the same thing we were doing over and over again. And I feel like that's happened in a lot of areas of life too. Like, sure, these players are feeling it, but I feel like if you look across the landscape and how everybody's career is going right now. I think there's a lot of that basically everywhere. So I do think that with lands coming back, it'll provide those breaks that these guys need to go out and get back into it. And then the other part of that is that for one, this is a game that just when it comes to like viewership and people playing it on Twitch, like if you go to Twitch, everybody's playing Warzone. Like there's Warzone tournaments all over the place. And every time you tune into one of those Warzone events, it's different. Like, you know, there's three V threes, there's four V fours, there's duos, there's kill races. It just, it seems like right now with so many people playing Warzone, it's taking away viewership from just the classic competitive four V four league play esque type competitions that we've seen throughout competitive COD for the last 10 years or so. And I think that's, it's kind of providing a, a different avenue here. Like you're seeing players like rated and pros from the past, Tommy that have found success playing Warzone, And I think that's, that's part of why, like there was just a clip a day or two ago from Scump saying, you know what? My contract ends this year. I at least want to see what this next game looks like, this Call of Duty Vanguard, World War II remake, whatever they're going to be doing with the next Call of Duty. I want to see what that looks like before I go ahead and sign my contract. And I think that's where a lot of these pros are at. Now, there also could be that Scump and Formal played in the World Series of Warzone event, and they had some success, at least early on in that tournament as well. So I, I think that there's just there's a ton of things that play into it. And when there is this other avenue and there's so much popularity around Warzone, I think it just it provides another avenue for these guys to go play at. And who knows? I mean, they'll probably always be around playing competitive Call of Duty. Like I, I personally would be shocked if Scump doesn't play competitive COD next year, but it definitely adds to the conversation. Well, maybe he won't because there is something else that he could be doing who knows yeah it's been super interesting to to hear kind of i mean the conversation for both things right for, for burnout and like over prepping or over practicing or you stretching yourself too thin so you can be better than the next person which i mean it, like i said it's across every industry or sport almost is like how are you training are you being intelligent about it how like what are the small things that you can do to help get yourself ahead of the competition i don't think 
about this or I, I mean there's definitely like repetition and hours in and mastery that's that's a thing for sure but when you're at this high of a level mm -hmm. i don't know if if you play two more hours a day if that really helps you that much i think it might depend what you're doing who you're playing against there's even been a discussion lately about pros saying oh these people don't want it anymore they're not playing eights like they used to and then you have the other side of the coin where they're like AIDS teaches you terrible tendencies. You're not even playing with your team and your exact. So, so like, ah, there's a whole lot of, but dude, <laughs> I wonder, do other esports have this much discussion all the time? I mean, I'm so COD focused on my I Twitter know. and stuff and everything happens on Twitter. And I follow like Valorant and in a couple other esports as well, Rocket League, but I never see this much discourse about like, day-to-day -day lives of pros i think it's just call duty's fascinating man so, it is <laughs> yeah i definitely agree like i don't know man on the burnout thing i think these guys are young right so they can burn out but i just i urge them to be careful and be smart be smart about how you're practicing i think you know i'm really proud of of coach saint and i'm not sure if jake aka reppin um if he ended up saying anything about this on twitter or not but i thought he had a solid take right like you're just strictly hours and what you're doing is not not going to apply to success right it, it's all about practicing concisely make sure you get a break a reset so that your players you know they come back like ready to to play now on the second thing that you brought up about you know warzone just exploded in popularity over the last year year and a half whenever it came out it's been insane to see right like it's it's pretty crazy to me the i mean it feels like every single day now there's a 50k 100k 10k 25k Warzone tournament happening. Listen, guilty as charged as well. We hold the tournaments. I think they're <laughs> fun. They're awesome. We're going to do more in the future. I just think it's such an interesting space right now. And I've said this about the off season that's coming up, right? Like after champs in a month or so, these pro players best believe they're coming in to those Warzone tournaments and they're cleaning freaking house. I understand that Warzone is a different game. It's actually played on a completely different engine. But the skill ceiling that these professional players have is unmatched. I mean, that's why you see like your Tommies, your Raiders, or your Blast, shout out Blast, you know, these former pro players that they apply themselves to Warzone. And yes, it's a different game. There's, you know, a lot, it's just a lot different, like mechanically and, and just kind of game flow. But ultimately, like if you're sick on the sticks, like you're going to be nasty. And, and if you're a quick learner, sheesh, like it's going to be crazy. So I'm, interested to see because I, I think it was clayster i think there was a clip of, i don't know if it was him on the flank or where this interview happened yep. but he was basically saying like sounded kind of worried almost like well you know what if if cdl or if warzone is becoming this huge huge thing especially i mean yeah you have like world series of warzone it's on twitch where a lot of cdl pros wish they could be right it's on it's on like it's just, it's a huge deal. You have every influencer, every big streamer and playing it. It's such a big game. It's free to play. It's, it's got every, it's, it's got everything we've been wanting competitive COD to have for the <laughs> longest time, a free to play out of the box, sick game that attracts viewership. Right. And he was talking about like, you know, how long until people, these pro players, you know, end up making the switch. And I'm not sure if burnout would, it, maybe it does attribute to that a little bit because it's been a lot of the same kind of like, hey, we always use like these three types of guns and the maps. I mean, at this point, they're just remakes, which by the way, I am all for. I think the remade maps are bad. Like, give me standoff, give me raid, give me <laughs> plaza, give me Yemen. I don't care if they're eight years old. I think they're great. <laughs> but like, 
it is crazy to see, you know, there might be a big shift coming up here soon. Um, but I, with that being said, I do think Call of Duty League has a bright, bright future. I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't be working for a Call of Duty League team if I didn't believe in what the heck's going on here. Um, but I do, I just, I'm wondering, you know, how that's going to balance out because I do see, um, you know, in the off season, I bet a lot of pros are going to grind the crap out of Warzone, grind the crap out of the streams. Like, let's go boys. I'm so excited. It's content season, baby. <laughs> but what does that mean for, you know, next year? You do, you, I mean, yeah, you have scum talking about, I need to see the next trailer before I sign my next contract, which I mean, I don't know his exact day, but his contract is coming up very soon. And oddly enough. I think this might be the first or maybe even second year in Call of Duty history where they have not revealed the new Call of Duty by now. It's almost always revealed by E3. I don't know what's going on. Maybe the pandemic's got everything on a little bit of a different timeline. But anyway, it's yeah, I'm sorry. That was such such a long rant by me. I'm so excited to see how it all unfolds, dude, is like because there could be some crazy stuff happening with the mixing of Warzone and CDL pros. And it's it's going to be nuts. Yeah, I, I definitely think there is something to the fact that there are tournaments every single day. And I, I I think that there has to be a way that Activision or the CDL or somehow gets involved. Like if this is going to get to the next level, I just feel like like right now, like if I want to find out when the next big Warzone tournament is. Well, first of all, it's like every other day, so I wouldn't have to look very far. But still, I, like, I mean, just real quick to, to interrupt you there. Sorry, just real quick. Yeah, I am so mind blown. Every like, I have now three Warzone streamers on my team of content creators. Right, me trying to figure out who's playing <laughs> and what and when it is and who's the organizer and how much is the prize pool and who are your teammates. It is like, yeah, it could use some structure. Is that the point you're kind of going to make? Is like, if there's a lot going on yeah it's just it's so hard to follow and i feel like at first like okay like there are teams or, or organizations or whatever like that are holding huge massive tournaments and at the beginning it was like all right i'm definitely tuning in for this and then now it just kind of got to where there's a different one every three days and now you're like okay well i I've, i saw the other 300 so now i'm just gonna go ahead like i i almost feel like that's similar to what's happening with the CDL this year too. It's like there's matches Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You get a couple days off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then there's just, it seems like there's matches all the time. I, I just, I feel like in the past when it was a little bit more exclusive, like, all right, you would have MLG Anaheim, and then you wouldn't see another COD tournament for like three or four weeks. And then now all of a sudden, okay, I want to see like we we've had all these storylines happen over the course of the last two and a half, three weeks. We've been following these scrims, this stuff on Twitter. Let's see which teams have improved and which haven't. And now like we get to see them all the time. I know that this is like a, a totally off on a different tangent, but it just seems like we're almost oversaturated with like so much Call of Duty all the time. And now it's starting to be so much Warzone all the time. Like, how do you regulate this stuff so that viewers actually want to see it again and actually tune in to every single one of them? Yeah, honestly, I think that's a really good point. And it kind of made me think of that, like when we were talking about earlier, how the CDL schedule has been pretty aggressive this year. There's a lot of group play going on and like group play is not really very sexy, but like the points matter. So that keeps, you know, you and I hooked like, yep. we're like, oh, this, you know, this matchup between, you know, LA Thieves and Rockers, the difference between six and seven, that's a big deal, right? So yep. it all leads to that, which is great. But I definitely agree. There's like, 
if if it's if it's always there, it's always there, right? Yeah. There's, not, <laughs> there's not as much value. And I, I understand. I mean, probably it's you know going live regularly and making sure you stack up the viewers. Like I think you probably will get more viewership if you hold a four day event five times a or four times a month versus you know every couple weeks you have a bigger bigger event. The viewer, I, w- I would actually be curious to see what the viewership would be like. Would it be that much different if there was a much more rare LAN event? Um, rather than so much group play going on, you know, is that event going to see a massive uptick? And surprisingly, I mean, just in, I mean, we're kind of in a weird time of year and a lot of people have been making a big deal of this lately as CDL viewership. But like, like, I mean, man, I sound like such a grandma being like, I've been watching for 10 years. But always around this time of year, man, the viewership takes a dip. It's summer, you know, the Call of Duty's been out since November or whatever. I mean, we've been talking about the eight teams for champs are established. Um, so I'm not super irked by the viewership of CDL right now. Um, but I will be curious to see, like, what is the format for next year? What is the format for champs? What makes people want to tune in? I'm super stoked to understand that. And then to your point about the Warzone tournaments, it's hard to not do them. As a person who's, like, helped organize them, they're great, dude. You've got huge influencers that want to take a stab at being the best, obviously, and then earning a bunch of money. And the reason the money's there is because the viewership is there. And the reason the viewership is there is because the game's free to play and it's great and it's awesome and it's fun and fresh. But I do like what you're forecasting right now, or maybe it's even already happening. I'd love to know like viewers' opinions in the chat, but like, is it a little too much that every day there's a 25K whatever? And then, I mean, I guess one of the things that is cool is like there is a differentiation in format. So, you have the World Series of Warzone, which I think is my favorite event now, um, other than the ones Minnesota Rocker hosts, of course, is that it's a private match, like 150 of the best Warzone streamers and players in the world. Like you've got the you've got your Tim the Tabmans, you've got the big names in there. Then you also have cracked players like Blast, Smixy, Almond, you know? <laughs> the Rocker Warzone streamers and others, of course. But that that stuff is lit to me. It's a little bit different too, because they only just got the capability to have these huge private matches. But the gameplay is a little, you know, with a with slower gameplay, it's oh, solution to the problem. One million dollar Warzone Champs tournament. See, now you're talking CDL gaming, which is actually this is where I was kind of going a little bit with it. You know, you have the regularity, you have like these of a seemingly like more official if it's World Series of Warzone, it's put on by Activision. But then you have all these other tournaments where it's like quad 2v2 kill rays you have trios you have like i mean i don't think we'll ever see solos because that's a snooze fest but like you do have different formats and i think everyone has a fave that they like to watch you know some people just like watching tfu drop into pubs and like massacre like 50 people which to me like i would i think i would rather watch the intensity between you know tfu getting in a gunfight versus almond and seeing how that goes that's really more interesting to me and so what i'm interested now is because, I mean, hey, we're talking about lands back for CDL, right? How does CDL maneuver Warzone? Do they just become like the the little brother who tries to do their own thing, doesn't, you know, whatever Warzone? I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I don't think that's what's happening. Or do they say, hey, Warzone, Warzoners, hey, <laughs> come to our event. We're having a big land. Oh, we'll have a Warzone land too. How sick would it be? If there's a war zone land that is like a flank or like an accompaniment or like it accompanies 
the main CDL like events. I think that'd be kind of dope. Like that would be kind of crazy because that is 150 people playing in one place. I'm not sure how you physically do that. I mean, we saw like that. You remember that Fortnite event where they were like playing outside yep. in a soccer stadium? Sure do. That's kind of crazy. I wasn't sure about that. I heard it was hot as shit. <laughs> for those the, like the keyboards and the mice were like warm yeah. as hell. The computers are probably overheating, but hey, I mean, we know it's possible, right? Like, it's possible to do that. Is that where this is going? I'd like, what do you think, Icon? Could you see like a Warzone slash CDL LAN event far into the future? This is what I want, okay? I want there to be 16 teams in the CDL. And then when there's a big major, you have like a, like a Wednesday, Thursday pool play where like the first ranked team is paired with like the 16th ranked team. So like your seating still matters. So Thursday and Friday or Wednesday and Thursday, you play pool play. And then what if like a break between pool play and the weekend tournament, there was like a Friday 150 player war zone tournament. So you split up the beginning and the end of like MLG Anaheim or CDL Minnesota or whatever you want to call it. And then you have that massive land of 150 people in a war zone tournament. And that way you're you're taking what's there from the CDL and you're mixing it with war zone. And now you get viewership from all areas. And then now, you know, once the war zone thing's over, then you go into the weekend tournament and whoever were the top two from each of the groups from pool play. Now those eight are in the weekend tournament or something like that. I just think it'd be cool to see it all intermingled in one rather than, okay, this week is, this is all CDL stuff. And then now we're going to have one war zone tournament. And then the next week we'll be back to CDL. Like I think it'd be cool if everybody was there at the same spot, if we're all going back to lands. Right. I mean, you'd have to like, <laughs> I mean, I know we're just dreaming right? and pro like put like logistically doing this sounds a little yeah, bit right? like <laughs> a nightmare. Just that many people in a call, like you'd have to accommodate and, and where these things would happen. Like you can't fit 150 people the same way you can fit eight guys and a couple coaches up on the main stage, right? You need the whole esports stadium of Arlington for the competitors to go where the fans are supposed to go, right? It's so, I mean, hey, let's rent out a baseball field. Let's freaking do it, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, so I do really like that. I know what you're saying is the Warzone players would not be the CDL players. I don't think that they like that would be possible. Do you? Or you're saying that it would be like, like Scump is playing on Friday and in the main tournament. Because that's like, that could get dicey. Uh, I mean, it's a lot. If it's an off day, who knows? Maybe they could play. But does that take away from like, I don't like I think that they could do it. But would it take away from like what they're trying to do and like their competitive right. mindset going into the weekend? Yeah, maybe and they start practicing Warzone a little bit more and then they just, you know, make the full switch. I do think you'd need dedicated players for both. Right. Um, or I don't know, man. It's shoot. That's kind of a good idea, though. I don't know how you do it logistically. But hey, dude, like. Let's rent out U.S. Bank Stadium. Let's do it big. Let's have 150 <laughs> people out on the field playing in Warzone on a front. I do like the, I mean, first of all, I just, the formatting of, of your event of, okay, there's 16 league teams. That's not a thing that's happening to my knowledge whatsoever. And even if it was, I wouldn't say it, but I don't, I've not heard this. Um, but just theoretically, like 16 
teams playing group play because like it's hard to do a 12 team tournament that's probably a part of why they didn't want to do that for champs this year and uh you know i think the group play on wednesday thursday would be cool and if this it would be nice if this event wasn't happening every weekend so there's a little bit of starvation you know for it so i don't know like i said if that would influence viewership or not because i do think you know the the regular viewership and how consistent cdl is streaming is probably a good thing for the growth of the league but I don't know, man. I would love to see more critical events happening. I think it's all it's all good, baby. So I don't know. I would love to see a Warzone land, period. It doesn't even have to be mixed into a CDL event. But if I'm like thinking of my dream event that I want to go to and it's at like, you know, it's in Minnesota where we do the armory or the Target Center or not Target Center, Target Field. What's the other one? I should really know the stadiums here in Minnesota. <laughs> all I all I care about is U.S. Bank Stadium, man. Home of the Vikings, old baby. <laughs> yeah, we play the Browns in Minnesota this this year, right? Or is that in your place? I think it is in Minnesota. Let's go. Okay, if you guys don't know, Icon's from Ohio. I'm from Minnesota. I love the Vikings. See, I love the Vikings. Yeah, where's your Browns helmet, bro? Are you uh, even down? Listen, <laughs> this is all gamer stuff, okay? Right. Except yeah, for Mickey. Mickey. We don't Actually, see no, him. Actually, there is not nah, Kingdom Hearts. Mickey Mouse in Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah, see? There you go. Yeah, he is. That makes <laughs> sense to me. But, but no, dude, I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited at where the future of the CDL is going. I, I don't want to sound like, oh, you know, I, I, I basically said, oh, viewership is tough, and how are they going to format it? It happens too much, and people are going to go play Warzone. I don't want to sound all doom and gloom. I do believe in CDL, and I, I'm just I'm curious to see how this evolves and, and what ends up being, you know, the wave. So, yeah, I guess looking forward now to NYSL Home Series, which is this Oof. weekend. Uh, it is July 8th, starts on Thursday. Uh, Minnesota Rocker only play. No, we play twice. Psych. Yep. Never mind. Uh, so, I mean, looking ahead at these matches, it is a little hard. Other than those, like, like, are there any top three or four, two, like two through four teams playing each other? It doesn't look like it. Not really. There's a lot of just like inner fighting with. Yeah, I don't know. These, <laughs> I guess. I mean, my yeah. The match I'm most looking forward to is Toronto versus Rocker. Uh, and then Chicago uh, Optic versus Subliners is going to be pretty crazy. Now yep. that seems back, and I guess he's in Texas now, so that's going to be pretty crazy. But yeah, let's. Do you want to do like some predictions? Do Do you like doing predictions one day at a time, or do you like doing? Let's like, do by day. Yeah, I like that. By day, let's do by day. So I go by my day, you go by your day. Deal. Let's go. <laughs> right, and, we'll, and we'll switch who goes first uh, so that, you know, I don't want you stealing on my answers so that uh, I catch up to you. All right, gotcha. I can't catch up to you. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, you know um, what? I'll let you go first on Thursday because these are easier. Right. Oh, what a gentleman. All right, let's go. <laughs> Thursday, July 8th, Atlanta Faze going up against London Royal Ravens. That's a 3 0 if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I know offense to London Royal Ravens, but. I literally don't know how they started doing better than they ever had this season. And then they made a two-player roster change. I mean, I'm not a coach. I'm not a general manager. I'm even a player, like I said. You know? Don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see like what they look like now. But they did not look good on land either. So I think FaZe has got an easy little dub coming up here. Chicago Optic versus Paris Legion. I know they don't say it like that, and that's not even French, but I just still like saying it like that. Um, I don't know. I'm so in and out on Optic right now. There was all that talk Ooh. all year of, like, you know, back on land, like, 
you know, were, you know, kind of felt like they were just biding their time online and then they were going to really turn up on land. And then that just isn't what happened. Now, to be fair, they did go against a whole freight train in Dallas Empire, but like Optic didn't look like Optic. And so I think this is a match where Optic can come back and look like Optic. Is it a 3-1 or 3-0? What were you going to say? No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go 3-1 Optic. Nah, psych. I'm going 3-0 Optic. I got two 3-0s on Thursday. It might be a quick day. Uh, What are your thoughts on Thursday? Who you got? Yeah, I think this is going to be a quick day either way. I just, I was totally going to make the same point that you did with London making their roster move. I mean, they were at a point in time, they knocked us out of the stage three major. Like they were playing really well. And then they made those roster moves and they just haven't been the same since. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I think they beat LAG, but other than that, that's the only team that they beat. Yeah, it was two 0 and 4 teams. It was their last match of stage four and they beat LAG. But I just think where Atlanta's at right now, I, I I couldn't imagine them taking their foot off the gas pedal. So I got a 3-0 here for Atlanta. Optic versus Paris. Now, Paris is a little bit different just because we did see them get a couple wins throughout Stage 4. We saw them beat Paris. We saw them beat LA Thieves. But that was when LA Thieves was kind of up in the air all over the place. When they got to the Stage 4 major, they lost to Seattle 3-0. Um, I don't know. I just I don't I don't feel great about Paris. I feel better about Paris with Zaptius coming in. It seems like they are making strides. They are playing better. I feel better about Paris than I do London, but I just don't see them having a chance against Optic. So I'm gonna go three one optic over Paris, which Ooh. will take us to Friday, and I'll go first on Friday. So these ones might be well. No, these are pretty easy to pick, too. I don't know. First one here, Minnesota versus LAG. I do think that LAG, just for whatever reason, it always seems like they're a team that could sneak up on you and get a victory just because they're veteran-laden. They're always going to come out and play pretty consistently, and their best mode is S&D. So if it goes to a map five, like who knows what would happen in a map five. But when it comes to respawns, I just don't think that they can hang. I'll be interested to see what happens if Attach is running a Krig and Priest is running an SMG, how that plays into things. But even so, even if this is the first match with different roles being played on the squad, I just feel like the pressure that's applied from Standy and what Major Maniac has brought to the squad since he's been back, I think Minnesota's playing super well right now. So I'll say 3-1 just because LAG, again, is really good at search, so I could see them taking that map too. But after that, I just don't think they have a chance in the respawns. Uh, Then NYSL versus LA Thieves. This is another one that I'm going to go 3-0 NYSL just because from what we've heard, and I don't know if you saw that clip of a BZ, but he was asked like when he was playing League Player 8 or whatever he was playing, some his chat asked him how LA Thieves have been playing, and he said that they've been handling them super easy. So with John coming aboard, maybe they're just at a point in time where you know, they have to get the ball rolling and build on that composure and stuff like that. Um, but right now with the seam coming back, I think Clayster is going to have those guys ready to go. So I'm going 3-0 NYSL here. Jeez, that's crazy. You stole my homework by reading my mind, <laughs> yeah. Icon. That's crazy. Now, I got Rocker 3-1 as well. I do think the respawns will be 
knock on wood, nice. I mean, this is, a, you know, this is a, I hate to say like a good match for there to be first, right? When you have a role switch or a little bit of like, yeah, I guess an equipment switch with, with attach and Priesta coming in. But yeah, man, LAG is just gasping for air. I feel bad for those guys. I do because I love those guys. Obviously, there's some of those guys on our team last year. I'm a big Billy Mental fan. I want to see him go off, but I don't want to see him go off against my team. At least not in a way that makes them win. So I got Rocker 3-1, possibly 3-0, but I will say 3-1. I do think it's highly likely that we take all of the respawns. For New York Subliners, all right. Now, part of me is like, my, my head is like, yeah, Subliners 3-1. And the other part of me, there's two things happening right now with me. <laughs> LA Thieves, like, yes, I saw the clip of Abizi saying they are looking rough and just kind of like tug-in-cheek, like, oh, man, like, they're not looking too good. Like, kind of savage about it, right? Like, you didn't have to go do it all that. Dude, if I'm Slasher... I mean, I think Slasher already has a fire lineers, but same with Kenneth. Same with all those guys, right? They want to. They don't want to be the seventh place team in the league. That's not where they see themselves, and they still could be. They still have time to prove themselves this season and ramp into champs the right way. Do I think that it's likely LA Thieves will beat New York Subliners? No, but put the upset siren on. Uh -oh. I think this is going to be my upset. Now, part of it, there's two reasons. Number one, I need the upset points. Number two. My legitimate reasons behind this is people have been talking mad shit about LA Thieves for like three or four weeks now. All the, the musical chairs with the roster. You got pros saying, oh, they're not looking so good. You got John coming back. We don't know how he looks yet. And I don't know, man, New York Subliners, they had a rough major, obviously. And I do think, I mean, it's their home series. New York is more often hot than not, but sometimes they're not. And if they were to be not, I think LA Thieves could win 3-2, baby. Uh -oh. Icon's face says it all, man. Uh -oh. <laughs> so I don't know. Did you hear my mental gymnastics to try to get some upset points there? I sure did. There? I had some decent points. That's not just to try to get the upset points. I do think, like, if there's going to be an upset this weekend, looking at the whole slate here, that's my pick for an upset. Okay. Um, I'll go right into Saturday here. Or did you have any – did you want to – Call me any names or anything? Nope. I think Sam, this is where I, where I submit my my victory here, but Stop. Right, we'll see. No, don't say that. <laughs> Yo, Icon in like a month is going to have a little belt behind him for uh, making all the right, <laughs> right predictions. I hope not. I can catch up, bro. I can catch up. Uh, so, dude, if they win, I will freak out. Okay, sorry. Uh, Saturday, July 10th, Atlanta Phase versus Paris Legion. I think the same thing that I thought about Paris Legion versus Optic on Thursday. I think FaZe just their FaZe, man. Like they've shown that even when they don't need to take their foot off the gas at all, they don't. It's gonna be bad. I think FaZe 3 0s Paris, maybe three ones if they, you know, have too big of a Chipotle order before the match or something. But I think they could 3 0 Paris Legion, and that's what I'm gonna predict. Uh Florida Mutineers versus Seattle Surge. Sheesh, I don't know, man. Surge looks so much better on land. And I mean, it's kind of a running joke on the show now at this point, but I believe in Surge, man. They're so oh, close boy. all year. They really are. But they just couldn't. They just can't. And they just don't. And now I feel like they're playing so individually that they're not really like, they're not going to have the teamwork, in my opinion, to take down Florida. Florida's been looking really good. 
obviously you got big wake i mean yeah you've got you got skies you've got um neptune who's really like was kind of a question mark at the beginning of the year but he's been playing really well recently so i'm gonna go florida meters three one in seattle surge i do think there's a lot of like discrepancies this weekend between like where these teams are at a lot of these games are don't think are going to be close except for la thieves taking out subliners <laughs> maybe allegedly <laughs> uh dallas empire versus lag man gorilla's got a rough weekend in playing rocker and dallas emperor that whole group though is insane so there's no easy matches i don't really think in in our group but yeah i think empire they're riding high right it was so weird to watch them this season you know go from being second place they win their first you know match of a certain of, of a stage with hook and then they drop them or they bench them or whatever and then they they give them the, the la thieves and they just went from second to fourth but then land happens and crim six's like robot arms start freaking out he shakes it out and they <laughs> go off they take phase to a best of nine like nine map series insane i think that puts a ton of wind in their sails and i think they're gonna smash the gorillas 3-0 nah 3-1 nah 3-0 nah 3-1 sorry my <laughs> predictions are all over the place 3-1 dallas empire uh and those yeah those are my saturday picks who do you got okay yeah man it's it's tough i look at these and every one of these like i don't even really have to think about like it seems maybe not yeah. until you get to sunday but all these other matches like Atlanta versus Paris. I think the only thing I'm going to go three, one here, Atlanta, just because I feel like both Thursday and Saturday's match for Atlanta is a chance for them to work on like different maps that they might not have the most stellar records on. So maybe they try out a different search or a different control or something. They're still going to win the match, but maybe they could drop a map. So I'll go three, one Atlanta against Paris, which brings me to Florida versus Seattle. I will say if this match was on land, I would probably pick Seattle. I feel like when it comes to Florida, they just did not play super well at that last land they got beat by new york when new york had a fill-in so um I, I, I wish that these were on land but since it's online and you have to try to contend with skies and awakening and we all have heard the story a thousand times this year i just feel like online it's a different story so i'll go three two i think they clutch up in the snd but had it been on land i would have went with seattle but since it's not three two florida and then Dallas versus LAG. Dallas is another one of those, like you, all the points that you mentioned. I felt like Dallas was a top four team, but in the top four, they were probably number four. I felt like Toronto and NYSL had a considerable edge on them. And then they make the move for Vivid. Even on this podcast, when that happened, we talked about how, okay, this could end up working perfectly for Dallas. When you throw Vivid alongside Shotzi and you move Illy back to a flex and AR, now all of a sudden those roles, it's just like the puzzle pieces come together and it makes sense. And that's exactly what we saw out of the last stage. So right now I might say that Dallas might even be the second best squad in the CDL and going up against us at LAG, I just I don't know if they stand a chance in any, even though they are a good search team. I just feel like Dallas is on a roll right now. And this is the perfect time for it to happen when we're now towards the end of the season and champs is upon us. I'll go 3-0 here from Dallas over LAG. 
which brings us to Sunday. And these are a little bit more difficult. To this is pick. dicey on Sunday, man. Yeah, for sure. Like even LA Thieves versus London, like at first glance, you would probably pick LA Thieves, but we've just been hearing recently how poor LA Thieves has been playing. Would this be considered an upset, London over LA Thieves? Yes, so. seven versus eleven. All right, you know what? I'm gonna go. I London. think so. London's been having a tough time. All right, I'm going London here. I don't know why. If I would just pick like the team that's probably favored to win, that would probably be enough. But you know what? I'm gonna go for it. So London, even though they've only been LAG throughout the last stage, I'm gonna pick them here. I just feel like when it comes to their flex and Paul X and their mini art and Shawnee. I feel like those two, the backbone of their squad, they always basically play well, match in and match out. Um, and we'll see what happens here with John and Draza. Draza is out of position. John is coming back after not playing for a while. So could take them more than just a week or two to get back into the swing of things. So I'm going to go London here. I'll say three, two, they'll clutch up in the map five S and D. Toronto versus Minnesota. This is tough. <laughs> you look at this one and you start looking at like what Toronto has done lately. If you look at their stage four, they basically lost in the major to Atlanta to drop them down to the losers bracket. And then they lost to Dallas, the two hottest squads in that stage. Before that, they basically beat everybody in group play other than Florida, that first match against Florida. So you might say, well, Toronto has lost their last two matches, but their last two matches was against FaZe and Dallas. But you could also say the same thing about Minnesota. Like, how have we been playing as of late? We've beat everybody in our last like six or seven matches except for FaZe and Optic. So when it comes to like Paris, Seattle, LA Thieves, NYSL, we've beaten everybody except for those two squads that are at the top. So I think these two teams are super tight. I think the role change might be what gets us here. Just maybe not feeling a thousand percent comfortable in every scenario. Um, whereas when you have Cami and Insight, two of the best ARs, and, and obviously they're feeling super comfortable with where they're at and how they're playing and what Kleenex can do. I always love in this matchup, watching what happens between Standy and Kleenex just because they're both such electric players and they meet in areas of the map. And a lot of times, whoever ends up winning that matchup ends up taking that map. So this is a fascinating matchup for me, but I think the role swap, if it does end up happening, could give Toronto just a slight edge. But I do think it'll go to that SND. And if it goes to SND Miami, I'm picking us, but if it's any other map, I'm going Toronto. So I'm going to say 3-2 Toronto here in this matchup. But that's fine because if you're Minnesota, you just have to beat the three squads that are under you. Beat LAG, Seattle, Florida. You're going to be in the winner's bracket for Stage 5. So even though this could be a potential loss, it's not one that you're really going to be upset about. And then the last match here on Sunday, Chicago versus New York. Yikes. I mean, like, do you just flip a coin here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do. Both you do. of these, both of these squads are, are super close. I think New York with a seam coming back, I think that they're probably going to be a bit better. They will have that tune up match on Friday against LA thieves. Last time we saw Chicago, I think a lot of people 
we're expecting a bit more out of Optic. And then this, both of those series against Dallas, they just didn't seem like they were competitive in either of those, really. Um, so at this point in time, even though Asim is just coming back, I think that New York is going to be a bit better, especially in SND. I could see the hard points. I could see the control being pretty close, even though with Hydra and Asim back in the hard points, I don't see how Chicago wins those either. Um, I might have just picked myself out of a three two. I'm gonna go three <laughs> one here, New York. I just maybe maybe Optic can win the control. I don't see him winning the S and D or the hard points. So three one NYSL. Nice, man. You had such sound reasoning for everything, huh. too. You got me like double thinking <laughs> what I would do. Yeah, triple checking in my mind, like, what do I think? <laughs> I do think, man, I mean, if I'm saying LA Thieves can beat New York Subliners, I got to say that they're going to beat <laughs> London Royal Ravens. So I think LA Thieves, you know, we'll see how John looks. I do think it draws, I think, could be talented enough to maneuver his roles and still be super effective. London Royal Ravens. I don't know if I can say the same for them. We'll have to see how it goes, but I do think LA Thieves will win this one three to one. I'll be excited to see kind of how it goes. I mean, a lot of this, like, there is some uneven matches, I think, going on uh, this weekend, but I do think Sunday is the most balanced day of, of all. This is really your yep. benchmark day is where you see how you, how you fare. So I do think, gosh, I can't, it's probably bad that I can't remember because I watch literally every match religiously, but I can't remember the last time Rocker played Toronto. I know we lost to them. Actually, was that the Heartbreaker Garrison Control or did we play them more recently than then? That sounds familiar. It was back in group play of stage three was the last time we played them, so. Yep, but it was a big indicator of seeding or winner versus losers for a big tournament. So like, yeah, it's the last time we played them, they punched us in the mouth real good. It was winnable though, baby. And to your point, you know, Rockers beat everybody, but Optic and Atlanta. Yep. Atlanta, yeah. So I think, you know, going up against Toronto, I, I mean, you know me, I never pick against Rocker. It's always, 3-2 if I think it's going to be really bad or close. But I do genuinely believe that Rocker could take Toronto on. I think what you mentioned about the ARs of this squad, I mean, you have Cammy and Inside, I think the best AR duo in the whole league this year. Freaky, freaky, scary. And we've had a recent shakeup, two recent shakeups now at AR. You had Major Maniac coming back. Now you got Priest joining or uh, going to the sub and then attached joining him on the air. So it'll be interesting to see. But Maybe we got to equal this out, baby. Maybe Standy and Priesta play so well that it somehow eliminates Possible. the ARs of Toronto Walter. You can't clip this in and put it on Twitter. I don't know if that's a sound <laughs> argument or not, but no, nah, you can, you can. Uh, yeah, I got Rocker 3-2 over Ultra, and then going for Optic versus Subliners. Man, I think I think Optic's pissed. I feel like... Scub's got a little bit of chip on a chip on his shoulder. You see him in content talking to her on his stream, I think, talking about people are giving him a hard time for playing bad. And like I think it does get to him, but it maybe gets to him in the sense that like it now motivates him even more, even though he shouldn't have to be like, I think he's been playing really well this year. And especially, you know, he's been playing really well for like eleven years now. He's professional. Yep. Like he's he's goat. So like I don't think he needs that extra push, but I do think Optic's poor performance on land recently has not left them being able to sleep very well at night, right? Like, they're going to come out with the fire. You got New York subliners who had that weird shift, and I don't know, man. I don't know how I can, with a straight face right now, say that subliners will 
predict that subliners will lose on Friday and Sunday. It just seems so improbable, but I do think Optic can take this three to two. So I think, I mean, all of these matches, especially on Sunday, these are benchmark matches. This is where you find out who's really better than who and where these teams are at. So Love I'm it. stoked on the schedule though, dude. This is, I mean, I'm still like, we talk about, oh, it's, there's so many matches right now. I still watch all the matches. I love putting them on. And obviously on Friday and Sunday, we'll be turning up on the co-stream this week with you guys yes. to make sure to sub to the Rocker YouTube. But man, I can't, that's gonna, I mean, I don't have any other topics unless, did you have anything last minute you wanted to speak about before we go or bring up? Nope, that was it. GG's in the chat, man. Dude, GGs. honestly, great, great discussion. We did, I think we talked about everything that's current, especially in a time where like, Things are so slow. There's it's never a slow time in the COD COD community, baby. Maybe like in the <laughs> fall, it'll get a little slow and we might need yeah. to like hiatus this till next season. But <laughs> shoot, man, there's always something going on. There's always something good to talk about. So appreciate you joining me, Icon. I appreciate you for listening and or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up? Hey, if you're listening on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, Appreciate you for listening, and that's about it, man. We'll see you guys. Actually, let, let me look at what we play. When do we play? We play on Thursday. No. Can you put the schedule back up, Producer Shannon? My bad. Uh, the, Friday the next and time Sunday. that Rocker plays, Friday at uh, 2 Central. Friday at 2 Central on July 9th, Rocker plays LAG. And then on Sunday, Toronto Ultra versus Minnesota Rocker at 3 30 Central on Sunday. So. That's when we play, baby. We'll see you guys here for the co-stream. And thank you so much for listening. We'll, we'll catch you then.